Not a good week for the National Football League. Um, number one, you read my column, I hope, uh, does the NFL hate cops lamenting the unbelievable Super Bowl halftime show? I don't want to go over this again. I've already gone over it. But you should read the column. It's a real eye-opener, and Roger Goodell, the NFL commissioner, is directly responsible for that. In addition, uh, a man named Brian Flores, who was fired as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins um, a few weeks ago, is suing the National Football League. He's suing the Miami Dolphins, the New York Giants, and the Denver Broncos, saying that his rights um, have been violated because he's an African-American. He also alleges that the owner of the Miami Dolphins, Stephen Ross, a billionaire, offered him $100,000 to lose games. Each loss, he says Ross is going to pay him $100K because Ross wanted the Dolphins to tank in order to get a better draft choice. Now, I don't think Flores is going to win his lawsuit against the NFL or the teams because it's too subjective, all right? But if he can prove, if he's got some proof that Ross was going to pay him to tank games. The whole National Football League blows up. Okay. Now, the crux of the matter is that um, there are only two NFL black head coaches right now. Lovey Smith was just hired, okay, and um, he's going to work in Houston. And then Mike Tomlin, a brilliant coach, has been with the Pittsburgh Steelers for 15 years. But that's it. That's all there are. And 71% of the players are African-American in the NFL. So we did a search. There have been 24 black coaches uh, in the history of the league. Eight of them, eight out of the 24, a third, had winning records. The other 16 had losing records. So that's important to uh, understand because it's my theory, and I could be wrong, that most of these owners, I don't know them, but most of them would hire a purple Barney the Dinosaur if they could win. They want to win and make money. But again, I could be wrong. Guy has been following this. Stephen A. Smith joins us from New York City. He's an ESPN analyst, big star. Stephen is a huge star. And if you don't believe that, just ask Stephen and he will go through his star credentials for you. But he's been on this. Um, yeah. It's a very controversial yeah. thing. So yeah. the way I set it up, did I set it up in a fair way? Well, I think that you did, the part that you didn't set up is that no matter how much of a big star that I think I am, I am nothing compared to the great Bill O'Reilly. So let's make sure that we're honest about that, first <laughs> of right. all. Se sec secondly, it's good to see you, my man. It's good to see you. Uh, secondly, I think that was an accurate uh, uh, setup uh, from the standpoint that Clearly, black coaches believe that there's an uneven playing field. And I think that when you look at it from that perspective, you put up the 12 to 24 coaches, eight had winning records. People think about the Jim Caldwells of the world. Now you think when he was coaching in Detroit years ago and you replaced him with defensive coordinator Matt Patricia, who subsequently lost continuously um, and he was held to a different standard. You look at a guy like Brian Flores, understanding what a challenge it is for blacks to become a head coach. If the assertions made by Brian Flores is true, that immediately upon arrival, Stephen Ross, the owner for the Dolphins, wanted him to lose games and offered to pay him a hundred thousand for loss. I'm pardon the pun, he has, he's he got has to, to be prove eliminated that. as an owner in the National Football League. He has but to be I'll gone. I'll tell you what, Stephen. 
If sure. Flores can't prove it, if That's he right. doesn't have evidence, then mm-hmm. Ross is going to destroy Flores in court. Because that, well, let me say that, this. if that happened, then right. the whole league blows up, everything well, let, changes. Well, let me give you my no-spin perspective. All right. If, if Brian Flores can't prove, prove it, you're absolutely right. He's in a world of trouble. But more importantly, if he's not telling the truth, he should be blown up. He should be excoriated because there's no excuse to accuse somebody of such a heinous act as owner of a professional football team and allow that to be gotten to be gotten away with. But ultimately, it comes down to something that I know you're well informed about, which is the Rooney Rule. It was inserted in two, implemented in 2003. It was a rule uh, implemented by the National Football League at the behest of, of, of the late Dan Rooney for the Pittsburgh Steelers and what have you and others, encouraging teams to interview a black candidate, at least interview them. And ultimately it was amended and modified years later to include two candidates and things of that nature because they saw that it wasn't being enforced and it wasn't being operated and executed within good faith. These teams had their preferred candidates. They were offering jobs and hiring folks without telling the black candidate that they were about to interview. They were using blacks to uh, conform to the rule, but they didn't have any intention. And that could be true. I mean, absolutely could be true. Now, you know these people better than I know them. Mm. Do you think, and you don't have to mention any names, do you think there are racist owners in the NFL now? People who would say, I'm not hiring an African-American coach because I don't like black people. Do they exist? The total fair answer to that is this. I think there are some, not most, not all. And I think it's a microcosm of our society. There are racists out there. And there are people who are not racist at all. They just have their preferred But do you know anybody? Do you know anybody based upon your conversation? I, okay. I do not. I've so, never experienced that be, when talking to the NFL owners I've spoken to. That to is be true. fair then, if you yes. don't know any and I don't know any, it's not fair to us to say that there is racism in the ownership of the league because we can't prove it. That's what, all I'm trying what to is say. Fair. There may be. Yeah. Okay. But what is fair, and you and I have talked about this in a roundabout way in years past, there is something called racial sensitivity. And maybe people are going too far by designating individuals as racist and stuff like that. And I understand that if we want to play with words. But considering the plight of the African-American coach as it pertains to becoming head coaches and elevating and getting their stature validated by receiving the same opportunities that their white contemporaries have received. We know that this is an issue. The NFL has proven it's an issue. The owners signed off because they recognized it was an issue and just summarily went about the business of circumventing their very own rules that they put in place. In 2003, there were three black head coaches when the Rooney Rule was implemented. 19 years later, in the year 2022, even after we've had a black president, for crying out loud, there's one African-American head coach before uh, Lovey Smith got the job with the Houston Texans. And when Lovey got the job the other day, Bill, do you know who was the guy that was in the lead to get that job before Brian Flores uh, was uh, uh, filed his class action lawsuit? It was a guy by the name of Josh McCown. He was a really good backup player in the National Football League yeah, for years I and mean, started some games. The Jets, he right. was, he, he was, he was a Lovey high school Smith, coach. Lovey Smith school. got the job because of this action. There's no question in my mind. But remember, I, re- I agree with you. Lovey Smith has been in the league for a while and his head coach and record. Out is 89 and 87. 
So he yeah, hasn't he been coached at Illinois and came right. back. And, right. and the bottom line, but he is, hasn't I been had a question about him getting that job. It hasn't been overwhelmingly successful. Okay, let's move on. I want to mediate the beef between you and Tiki Barber. Um, I, want to, I, I want to get you guys together because I know Barber and I know you. And I, you're both good men, in my opinion. Uh, Thank you I so could much. be wrong on that, Steve, but in my opinion, <laughs> you're both good men. So Barber, who played for the Giants, is upset right. that the Giants may be getting tarred with this racist level. Right. And he says, no, 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 they're not racist. And then you and he on the radio uh, and on TV went back and forth. And now you're mad at each other. And I don't think you no. should be mad at each other. We're not. First of all, we spoke yesterday. Uh, he texted me, reached out to me. Um, and my only issue with him was when you say something like that, if you're going to accuse me of saying something, you know, I'm in this business. Call me. You've got my number. His partner, uh, Brandon Tierney, is a dear friend of mine who I've known for years. It's not hard to find me. So that was my issue with Tiki Barber because he was taking the position. All right. You're friends now again the then? We're, we're totally fine. He texts right, me. Good. I text him back. Good. It's all good. It's you all got good. any thoughts on these uh, Dr. Dre, Eminem, and uh, Snoop Dogg at the, at the halftime that, that show? Is, that is that is too long of a conversation for me to get in with the great Bill O'Reilly. What All I will right. tell you is that I'm not I'm not abhorred by it the way that you are. Number one. Did you read my two, column and I printed the lyrics uh, about killing you, the cops? I understand that, and I don't support that, and I don't endorse that at all. I never have, that. I never will. And uh, right. by the way, I'm also a guy that I don't believe in defunding the police. I've never been about that. No, but I what that. I would tell you. You bring up the artists. I would tell you, come talk when we have a conversation about the record companies. Tell them do these kind of things from decades ago, and this is how you're going to make money. Then come talk to me about that. That's a longer conversation than we can get into right now. All right. Well, I'm offended by the Super Bowl halftime show. Finally. I'm not. This is a this is a interesting game, um, mm -hmm. and it's going to, you know, get huge amount of eyeballs. It's not going to be as yeah. well watched as last year with Brady. It's not going to happen. Mm -hmm. But um, – I, I'm worried about this legalized betting that a lot of people, younger people in particular, are going to get in trouble because this mm -hmm. game's impossible to pick. It's a four and a half spread, uh, L.A.'s favorite over Cincinnati. Yeah. But if Burrow has a good game and, and, mm -hmm. and the Stafford, the quarterback for the Rams, throws three interceptions, you know, Cincinnati going to win. I mean, That's so right. anything can happen and nobody has control over it. And I keep telling my audience, look, bet 20, 50 bucks, fine. But if you're betting thousands... Don't do that. What do you think? It's all relative. It's all relative. It depends on how much money you got. Like if you're talking, if you're talking to Stephen A. Smith and you're saying to him, you know, bet fifty or a hundred dollars and don't go any further, that's fine. If you tell him Bill O'Reilly that, well, why would you bother? Bill O'Reilly can afford more than that, so it's <laughs> okay. no big deal. It's all, it's all relative. It's all I know relative. how much you're making at ESPN, so don't, don't give me <laughs> this. Uh, yeah. All right. Who do you think's gonna win the game? Who do you think's um, gonna win? I, I haven't decided yet. It's a true pick em for me, Bill, because yeah. on one hand, the Rams are loaded, but you're playing on your home turf in L.A. There's a lot of pressure that comes with that. And in the case of the Cincinnati Bengals, you've got this kid, Joe Burrow, who, who's in his first full season. It's two years, but last year he got hurt. This is his first full season. He's already in the Super Bowl. Jamar Chase is something special with his wide receiver. The Amazing. Bengals defense has played well. It's a pick em right now. It really, yeah. truly is a pick em. It really is. Finally, you got any sympathy for Antonio Brown, the guy who took off his clothes and ran out of the stadium no. for Tampa? No. Okay. No. Because no, I don't no, either. No, no. I'll say this. I'll say this. He got a nasty hit. Vontez Burfick put a hit on him in 2016. And people have speculated. 
he's never been the same since. And he's a guy that down the road, you'll find out he suffered from CTE. If that's the case, I stand down. But based on his behavior, this is a guy that couldn't keep his mouth shut. Uh, this is a guy that secretly taped conversations. This is a guy that has betrayed coaches, teammates, et cetera, et cetera. And I don't condone nor excuse that kind of behavior and lack of professionalism. He is an all-world talent. He is big time, but he is somebody that has proven he is simply not worth the headache. Yeah, he, that he needs he some causes. help. There's no doubt about it. He does need some help. All right, Stephen, look, you know, you're one of our best guests ever. You're in the uh, No Spin Hall of Fame. Um, and uh, you're welcome anytime. And appreciate we really appreciate it, we really appreciate your time today. Very nice of you. I know you're very busy. Thank, Thank you, man, okay. man. My, my pleasure. All the best to you, Bill. Okay. The Talking Points memo this evening is African Americans being shot dead. You want racism? This is racism. First, the stats. In 2020, those are the latest statistics. 21 are not out yet from the FBI. 56% of all homicides in the USA were African-American, dead, victims, okay? African-Americans make up 13% of the population, 56% of those murdered. New York City, the nation's largest, okay? 65% homicide victims were black. Chicago, third largest city, 81% black. Baton Rouge, Louisiana, 79% black. Columbus, Ohio, 66% black. Louisville, Kentucky, 68% on and on and on and on. All right? Okay. So, Black Lives Matter? Anything? No. All right, Al Sharpton? No. Nothing. Congressional Black Caucus, nothing. It's just, it is impossible to believe that the civil rights lobby refuses to address this issue. President Biden say one word about this since he's been inaugurated? No, not a word. Okay? We hear all the other grievances across the board. Never is this addressed. Okay. Overall, at least 16 U.S. cities witnessed record high homicides last year, 2021. There are local stats available, not national stats yet. Okay. And the reason is the anti-police campaigns. Ever since George Floyd was killed and the riots ensued, it's been open season on cops. The police know it. They pulled back. The law enforcement isn't as aggressive as it used to be. The gangs, the drug gangs, which are the drivers of murder in this country, the black drug gangs and on the West Coast, the Hispanic drug gangs, they drive this awful murder. All right, how do they do it? So in the poor neighborhoods, the inner cities, the gangs rule, much like the cartels rule, in Mexico. It's important for you to understand this because most of us don't live in those neighborhoods. So they are heavily armed, these drug gangs in America, and they recruit young teenagers who are unsupervised and they almost force them to get into the gang. 
Many of them go willingly because they don't have fathers, they don't have supervision, they don't have anything. So they go into the gang for some kind of protection or camaraderie or whatever it may be. So the gangs have lots of members, many of them very young, all of them armed. So the gangs sell heroin, cocaine, methamphetamine, uh, fentanyl, whatever it may be, on the street, on the street. That's where they are. Now, it used to be the police would be very aggressive in arresting those gang members for selling narcotics. And when they were arrested, many times they had guns on them. No longer. The progressive district attorneys will not prosecute people selling hard drugs on the street any longer. So what do you think is going to happen? Open air. Now, if you live in those neighborhoods and you object to any of this, your life is in danger. And so is the lives of your family. So you don't see community people coming out. If word gets out, you're cooperating with the cops. You're a dead man or woman or child. The clerics, the ministers and priests should be out there, but they're afraid too. So it's basically a third world situation, as I said, just like the Mexican cartels, where people's in these neighborhoods, in the south side of Chicago, in Bushwick, New York, in the Bronx, New York, on and on, are terrified they're going to be killed. And they know the police can't protect them. And the police know, even if they get these guys, probably nothing will happen to them. And they'll be right back out doing what they do. Is this not racism? All right, that's racism. That's singling out a certain group, African-Americans, and ignoring their plight. So we've gone over the names, Pritzker, the governor of Illinois, Hochul, the governor of New York, Newsom, the governor of California. They couldn't care less because these people are largely invisible. They're poor. They have no power. Okay? But say the N-word on a podcast and you're canceled. Shouldn't we be canceling the governors who allow this mass murder to take place year after year after year? And what about the mayors? De Blasio, Lightfoot. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yet Americans en masse turn away because they don't see it themselves. They don't see the six-year-old girl shot in the playground or the 80-year-old woman mugged on the way to the grocery store by a drug addict who needs money to buy the narcotics from the drug gang. This is America's biggest disgrace because this could be handled but in order to handle it you have to punish the drug gangs harshly and you have to restore order in chicago by putting the national guard on the streets never going to do it so you're going to have thousands and thousands and thousands of African-Americans murdered every year. Never going to stop. 
Community basketball programs ain't going to do it. Social workers not going to stop it. Police could if given the powers that they need. But it all comes back to the district attorneys prosecuting. I'll just I'll just remind you of one thing before I get to uh, President Biden. In Chicago, I think three months ago, four months ago, there was a drug gang shootout. It was like a movie. So there were people inside a house and people outside the house shooting at each other in a neighborhood. All right, hundreds of rounds fired back and forth. The prosecutor in Chicago, Kim Fox, an incompetent loon, wouldn't prosecute anybody. They knew who the gang members were shooting, wouldn't bring charges. You know what she said? It was a fair fight. Did you know water heaters last about 10 years, refrigerators typically about 13? Every day in our homes, we rely on aging systems and appliances. I do. That means it's time to consider safeguarding your budget from unexpected expenses. American Home Shield has a solution. Pick a plan that's right for you. And when a covered item in your home breaks, contact their professionals to repair or replace it within the agreed upon coverage limits. It's that easy to stay stress-free and limit budget-breaking surprises. Right now, take $50 off. Please go to ahs.com slash bill to save 50 bucks. That's ahs.com slash bill. $50 off any plan. American Home Shield Protect what you don't expect. See ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. So what if you lived in that neighborhood and you had a five-year-old in the front yard? Again, this is the most vivid example of racism in this country. There is. It I'm sorry. And you clerics, you ministers and priests, not a lot of rabbis in those neighborhoods, but uh, I mean, you're not saying anything, you know, standing down, not organizing your churches to speak out against this. What kind of people are you? You've got a lead. Durham investigation. OK, here are the facts. Ready to go. May 2019, it started. So it's coming up on three years that U.S. Attorney John Durham has been looking into Russian collusion. One person has been indicted so far, an FBI lawyer. Four million has been spent. I think it's probably five times that, but that's the, what's coming out of the Justice Department. Okay, And Durham is signaling he has a lot more work to do. On January 25th, he says he's gained access to voluminous FBI internal files that the Inspector General of the Justice Department didn't want to hand over. Horowitz. He didn't want to give them to Durham, but Durham got them. So now we can expect another year, I guess, of this, but I don't know. And I'm hoping that Brett Tomlin, our go-to guy on the Durham investigation, Russian collusion, former U.S. attorney for Utah, who joins us now from Salt Lake City, knows more than I do. 
it's almost a given you know more than I do. But <laughs> what do you think is going think that's on? True, Bill. What do you think is going on? Yeah, you're 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 right to be mystified, and I guess all of us are in some ways. Um, you know, two things occurred that I think were challenging to John Durham. First, the intelligent community uh, was really locking down information. I think he struggled. I've been told <clears throat> that he struggled to get information from the intelligence communi community. That's I the think FBI. Then, when you say intelligence community, that's the FBI, right? Or are we talking CIA and NSA? I, I think we're talking CIA. I think we're talking national security advisors. I think we're talking that side of the table. And then you do have the FBI as well. But I think the other factor for John Durham that made it difficult was I don't think he expected Horowitz to be someone that might not want to share what he found. And um, that, that, that was probably a surprise to him. I've been told that he, it, it upset him and frustrated his team. Um, they've now indicated very clearly that they think there's very relevant information that Horowitz had. Quite frankly, Bill, I think I think the inspector general is not accustomed to having anyone review what he does. He's sort of the last voice on an issue. Now he's typically. the Justice Department inspector general. Do you think he's handed over to Durham what Durham wants? I, I think he is handing it over now. I think he has previously withheld handing over a lot of the substance documents and and the the you know information that he relied on in his investigation. But I'm told now that the grand jury has, you know, sort of weighed in on what's going to be turned over and not going to be turned over, that they have the information and they're reviewing it. But like you said, how long is that going to now take us? Now, this is a swamp, right? When people say the swamp, that's what this is. Now we're in the swamp, right? Perfect example of it. Okay. In the end, and I, it's an unfair question because I'm really asking you to guess. Is there going to be some revelation? And we know Hillary Clinton was involved with this, uh, funding this bogus Russian collusion narrative. We know that. It's been proven. Um, but are you expecting big names to topple here? You know, I've never been one to expect the big names to topple. But I have been, you know, asking folks that are still in the Department of Justice, you know, what their thoughts and, and you know, what's the attitude on this, this particular issue. It's very interesting, Bill. They, they suggest that while maybe you don't have a Hillary Clinton, you know, indictment, that John Durham is clearly trying to expose how far this went, how high up. And, and names like Jim Comey and Hillary Clinton and whether or not they had knowledge and the extent of that knowledge and involvement are certainly being discussed. And John Durham's got an eye on that. So I All guess right. we'll see. Finally, final thing, and people need to understand, it's not up to Durham. It's up to the grand jury at this point, regular folks, right? That's right. To That's correct. indict or not indict. And that might pull us out of the swamp a little bit if Durham can manage to get the evidence or look at the stuff that he wants to look at. Is that a fair last word? Yeah, that's that's exactly right, Bill. And and they're fueling that grand jury investigation with individuals like the attorney um, that they indicted and others who are cooperating. So we'll see how much information they have and, and how that impresses or doesn't the grand jury. All right, Brett, thanks as always. Let us know if you hear anything else. And we, of course, are very aggressive in covering this story. All right, the Olympic ratings tanked. As I said, I'm not, I don't know about you, but uh, 
you know, for the opening ceremony on Friday, 14 million Americans tuned in, 24 tuned in, 24 million four years ago in South Korea. Every time I tune over there, it's like, I don't know. And I can't get used to the NBC announcers in Connecticut. (laughs) They didn't even go. See, I would have gone. If I had been a sports announcer working for NBC, I would have said, look, send me over there. I'll I'll do it. I mean, I'm vaxxed. I'll I'll wear a hazmat suit. But you want to be there, calling it from Connecticut, I don't know. Here's a story you're not going to hear anywhere else that you need to hear. So you know I've been telling you that the primary advisor to Joe Biden is his wife, Jill Biden, Dr. Jill. Okay, so far, she's kind of stayed out of policy, but nobody gets to Biden. And I mean, nobody. Unless Jill Biden okays it. He is 100 percent dependent on his wife. So yesterday she shows up at the Community College National Legislative Summit in D.C., Jill Biden. And she says this. Go. But Joe has also had to make compromises. Congress hasn't passed the Build Back Better legislation yet. And Free Community College is no longer part of that package. We knew that this wasn't going to be easy. Joe always said that. Still, like you, I was disappointed. All right, first time that I've seen her go on policy, all right? Now, the reason that the Build Back Better plan failed and is never coming back is because it would have led to higher inflation for everybody in the country. You cannot spend at the rate Joe Biden wants to spend government money and think that the dollar is not going to be impacted. It will be. So smart people who care about the whole country understand you can't pay for everybody's community college. You can't. You can't pay for everybody's uh, childcare. There's not enough money in the country to do that. Now, subsidize people who are in bad straits? Sure, I'm for that. But Jill Biden, you're gonna see over the next year or so, she's gonna emerge more and more as a policy person. So I was always convinced that she was, but now I'm going to get data to prove it. All right, as I said, Lester Holt, the NBC News anchor, will interview uh, Joe Biden in Virginia. Um, he, uh, this is a taped interview. They're going to use it at pre-Super Bowl. Now, your humble correspondent, you may remember, did three Super Bowl interviews, two of them live. And yeah, you try that live. All right, the first one, February 6, 2011, and it was President Obama. Roll it. This is Wall Street <laughs> Journal. Uh, you know, painting you as a pretty left-wing guy. You're, yeah. you're going to well, draw the line. The Wall Street Journal will probably paint you as a left-wing guy. No, no. Uh, they, they, I mean, if you're talking about the Wall Street Journal editorial Editor, page, that's, that's what this is. You know, the, uh, you know that's like uh, quoting the, the New York Times editorial. Do you deny page. their assessment? Do you deny oh, that you're a man who wants to redistribute wealth? Absolutely. You deny that? Absolutely. Bill, I didn't raise taxes once. I lowered taxes over the last two years. But the I lowered, tax, I lowered taxes for the last two years. But the, and, the and entitlements and that I, you champion do, do redistribute wealth in the sense that they provide insurance coverage for 40 million people who don't is, have it. What is absolutely true 
is I think in this country, there's no reason why if you get sick, you should go bankrupt. Now, that, the notion that that's a radical principle, I don't think the majority of people uh, would agree with you on. Then why do the majority of people in the polls not support Obamacare? Actually, I think it's pretty evenly. It's close. It's, 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 even, it's, it's evenly divided, Bill. Okay, then right after that interview, and it was live again, not easy to do, uh, President Obama took me up to the Lincoln bedroom because he had read Killing Lincoln and showed me a handwritten copy of the Gettysburg Address by Abraham Lincoln. Stunning. Okay, so then three years later, I'm back at the White House for another pre-interview for the Super Bowl. This time, Lois Lerner, remember her? And the IRS in Cincinnati was accused of targeting Tea Party groups for punishment by the IRS. Roll the tape. But, but, but when folks actually are unanswered questions, Bill, when you actually look at the stuff, there have been multiple hearings on it. What happened here was is that you've got, no a, you've got a 501c4 law that people think is confusing. No, that the folks did not know how to implement okay. because it basically says. So you're saying if you're no, involved, no corruption there at all. No, that's not what I'm flat. saying. That's actually no, no. But I want to know what you're saying. You're the leader absolutely. of the country. You're saying no corruption. No, None. No, there were some. There were some boneheaded decisions boneheaded out, decision. of, out of a but no office. mass corruption not even mass corruption not even a smidgen of corruption smidgen okay so that was number two. Third interview with with donald trump um right after he uh was sworn in as president 2017 go if we can get along with russia and if russia helps us in the fight against isis which is a major fight and islamic terrorism all over the world, right. major fight. That's a good thing. Will I get along with him? I have no idea. It's He's very a possible killer, I though. Won't. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. We've got a lot of killers. Well, you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I don't know of any government leaders that are killers in America. Well, take a look at what we've done, too. We've made a lot of mistakes. I've been against the war in Iraq from the beginning. Yeah, mistakes are different then. A lot of mistakes, okay, but a lot of people were killed, so. A lot of right. killers around, believe me. You mentioned ISIS. And I'm not, I'm not apologizing for Putin. I don't know Putin. I'm not apologizing for anybody. You guys going to meet, I'm by the saying, way? Do you have a meeting? I guess at some point we'll meet. But I'm just saying this. Getting along with countries, not just Russia, is, is a good thing, not a bad Got thing. Got it. Okay, so I think I did a pretty darn good job with those interviews, and I wasn't a cupcake. And I think it'll be interesting to see what Lester Holt does. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T.org. 
Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, the dollar could continue its freefall and lose its coveted role as the world reserve currency. Let's hope that doesn't happen. But there are a few things you can do right now. American Hartford Gold can show you how to protect your money, your retirement, your hard-earned savings against inflation by helping you diversify a portion of your portfolio into physical gold and silver. Start with a short phone call, and they can have physical gold and silver delivered right to your door or put inside your 401k or IRA. So please call or text them right now. Tell them Bill O'Reilly sent you. Call 877-444-GOLD, 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. Again, that's 877-444-GOLD, or text GOLD to 65532. So um, there's a lawsuit, Missouri and Texas suing the Biden administration over a number of border matters. In that lawsuit, there is something called discovery, okay? And that means that you have to answer under oath questions. So now we know, because of this lawsuit, that in the fiscal year 2021, about 2 million, more than 2 million foreign nationals were confronted by U.S. Border Patrol. That's astronomical, 2 million. That doesn't count the other half million who got away who the Border Patrol didn't see, okay? So that's the number. We now have the number. And this is up um, from the last fiscal year when Trump was president from 540,000. So it went from 540,000 under the Remain in Mexico policy under Trump to more than 2 million in Biden's first term. That's pretty bad. Wouldn't you say? Wouldn't you say it's pretty bad? I would. So... And then we have the secret flights and about, they say 20%, but this is an estimate. I am much more than that. The 20% of the 2 million, do the math, that would be 200,000 plus, were released. And they said, well, you got to show up and 50% of them never show up for a hearing. So it is gone. I think it's more than that. And then they're sneaking them into states in the middle of the night. On another front, more police officers, law enforcement, have been killed under Biden's first year, okay, than any other time since 1995 in the middle of the crack wars. So last fiscal year, 73 officers intentionally killed in line of duty, up from 46 under Trump's last year. 46 to 73. Gunned down, murdered in the street. Why? George Floyd's death was one of the reasons that ignited... uh, Homicidal anger, Um, but bad DAs letting violent people out, not prosecuting them. That's the biggest reason. Now, cops know this. They know that even if they arrest somebody with a gun in a robbery, eh, they may get prosecuted, may not, probably no bail. And these people are criminals. They're going to go out and do it again. (laughs) I mean, it's just why. So... Border, chaos, police deaths, way up, 
and uh, finally gas prices. So California's getting it the worst, and yeah, what are you going to say? There's a 51-cent-a-gallon tax levied by California. 51 cents for every gallon of gasoline bought out there. So now in Southern California, about $4.72 a gallon, give or take, you know, based on the estimate. Some gas stations over five, um, and I'm sure some gas stations under 472, but that's it. Highest in the nation. All right. Never been higher in L.A. County, ever. And this is coming everywhere. California's first, but here comes, what is it now? I paid Three forty-nine last week for gas here on Long Island, and it'll go to over four. And you know, people just don't have it. So in Southern California, if you got a, one of these big Land Cruiser things or big van or whatever they are, SUV, you pay a hundred bucks to fill up. And this is Biden. It's him. This didn't have to happen. We were energy independent. Not now. Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. As the nation gears up for another election season, tune to the first TV for the best coverage on television. Get an exclusive inside look at the American political machine with Sean Spicer at 7. Unmatched analysis and historical perspective from Bill O'Reilly at 8. Then a bold, unapologetic take from Jesse Kelly at 9. It's must-see TV in primetime every night on the first TV. Watch the first on DirecTV Channel 347, UVerse Channel 1220, or DirecTV Stream. All right, here is the final thought of the day. There are better days ahead socially in America. So I think this COVID thing is going to subside to the point where we're not going to be all fearful. We can go to the movies. We can go to the games. The kids aren't going to have to wear the masks in school. I think this is going to happen. All right. So socially, it's going to be a much happier country. But politics is never, ever going to get better in the short run. Okay, two, there's two sides of two poor part. All right, so politically, it's still going to be very intense. Midterm is coming up in November. They will be extremely important for the future of this country. The Democratic Party, very worried. The progressive movement, very worried, and they should be. Their policies are causing massive destruction to America. And Biden is a disaster in there. Uh, and he's not going to come back. All right, he's done. It's like a 42-year-old baseball player can't hit the fastball anymore. They're not suddenly magically going to hit the fastball. Okay, so in this country, we're going to have some relief coming up in the spring and the summer. I've already booked a few trips. Okay, I need a break. You need a break. We all need a break. Okay, I'm hoping that my kids don't have to wear the mask. They're both in college. Still got to wear the mask. Hoping they get the mask off. 
I think that's coming soon. That'll be a tremendous relief for the kids, not only in college, but high school and grammar school. Of course it will be. All right. And then we'll slowly get back to interacting without fear. Now, very possible that some other variant of COVID appears. That's possible. Okay, but the vaccine industry, if you saw the Pfizer uh, results today, the quarterlies, I mean, they're printing money. You know, those vaccines are gold. And these big farms, they're making, I don't know, it's not trillions, but billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars on the vaccines. And now we're going to have a pill that's coming. Um, so I'm optimistic that this COVID nightmare, not quite over, but we're at the end of it. I hope I'm right. As I said, I'm right about 90% of the time. So I hope this is one of those times. Thank you for watching the No Spin News. We'll see you tomorrow.